Hey everybody, welcome to the Green Architects Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Chris Briley. And I'm your host, Phil Kaplan. Chris. Phil. Here we are again. We made it. <laughs> we're struggling to meet our monthly quota of podcasts, but we're, we're, we're keeping it together. We're, we're just barely keeping it together. It's summertime, so summertime in Maine. Oh, you know, these two weeks are really wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just starting. I just know. starting for us. And, and uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's like June is, like for everyone else, June is summer for us. Uh, June, what is it? June 19th. Right. That's when you're like, oh, may, maybe it's summer. Yeah, maybe summer actually summer. starts today. Yeah. All right. I'm really excited about our topic today, Chris. I am too. In fact, this, and th- this may be our most urgent and important podcast that we've ever done. Let's not screw it up. Let's try you not really to. really just amped it up now. Now I'm feeling more nervous. Okay. Well, let's have a cocktail and, and settle down and be ourselves and we'll muddle through. I'm, th- I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to muddle through. Okay. Cheers, Phil. Cheers. All right. What do, Speaking what am, of muddling. Yeah. What am I drinking? Those are muddled, muddled limes in there. Mm. I'm glad you asked that. This is called the Bennett cocktail. It's very summery cocktail. It's great. Yeah. And it's super darn simple. Super so, simple. In fact, I think our listeners are going to appreciate the simplicity of this cocktail versus like the last few that we've had where we've got some homemade fill ingredients and some, you know, some special things that have been flown in from special places <laughs> to make really awesome cocktails. And they're like, damn it. What's at my, what's at my grocery store, Phil? Stop yeah, it. I know. I always try to come up with some equivalent or some such all right but this is a good but, one you, you can whip up at a at a summer party uh cookout in, in minutes and you can do it in bulk um it's fantastic you can pre-mix it is really the bennett cocktail is what it's called and it's a it's sort of a take on a classic gimlet yeah which is I basically just gin and, gin and lime yep some people put roses but don't do that ever that's ever. not really a gimlet yeah, is it yeah so this one adds a little sweet sweetener to it yeah uh and adds angostura bitters right which gives it a that 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 mysterious bitters uh oh ooh, what, the, what je ne sais quoi well that's what the, the that's what the french say yeah. about it which which means well i don't know i don't know what in american it means why is my drink pink <laughs> right right i'm a man yet you're giving me this pink drink come on buddy <laughs> it's it's the modern era you can you can rock that thing in a that's right summer cookout i'm not worried yeah two ounces of gin yes three quarters of an ounce fresh lime juice yes three quarters of an ounce simple syrup yep cut that back to half an ounce Chris yeah that's because we were we were saying that's yeah, a little sweet for us adults right here yeah so do a little less of the simple syrup simple syrup is just half and half water, water and sugar, sugar. yeah straight up uh, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. I used, yeah. you know, I didn't go fancy here, Chris. I used Three? just the Angostura bitters. Oh, yeah. Nobody None else. of your homemade stuff. Yep. Shake okay. it up. Yep. Chill it down. Beautiful. Um, and you can strain it into a chilled glass. You could put it over ice. I went over ice this time mm-hmm. just because I felt like chilling it down a little well, yeah, bit more. Because it's summer. It's summer. All right. And it's not so, named, it has nothing to do with Tony Bennett, does it? Not as far as you know. Okay. Okay. Great. Cheers. Cheers. Let's do this again. Yeah. And let's talk about embodied carbon. Okay. This is this topic, Phil, I think, you know, we went, we, we were at the Nessie conference 
and it was pretty clear that this was the most passionate um, subject uh, um, that was talked about. And since then, I feel like the green movement goes through phases where there are you know areas of focus like net zero and energy and then uh, uh, and solar and it's sort of like we know how to do net zero buildings now right like yeah we, we know the formulas there's there's better ways to do it and and there's um, different ways to perfect right that. but what what blew me away the most is learning that net bureau, net zero buildings are not enough they're not enough they're not going to get us there That's and right. that was some, kind of the mind blowing moment for me like. Oh man, I thought we were doing everything right, Chris. I know, and we just—we're—it's not enough. It's not enough. All right, well, let's let's back up and talk about you know what what we're what we're really talking about, what embodied carbon is, and what we mean by that. So, essentially, you know, we're the most uh, the most threatening environmental problem we have, of course, is climate change, and that's caused by carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, greenhouse gas, and and honestly, if you don't know about this right now, then you're probably a Republican. No, I'm kidding. There's a little jab Chris. at the. No, you're. That's that's mean. Republicans know about us. It's conservatives in Congress, you know, but they don't listen to podcasts. They're, they're, they, they don't listen to all. this podcast. For sure. Oh my God, help me, Phil. Well, I'm off the rails. I mean, one of the things that we know is that 40 percent of all global annual emissions are due to the building industry. That's right. Right. So this. This has already gotten us going. So this is this world is ours to save to a large extent, right? Right. I mean, you yeah. know, builders and architects and people who are in, in our trade can make a huge impact. Um, and embodied carbon is a tremendous amount of it. So the differences between embodied versus operational carbon are sort of the basics to understand. So first, embodied carbon. Chris. Right, right. So yeah, it's the carbon that's emitted in the production of materials, essentially. That's right. So, so you have, uh, like, we're in a building now. This building, you know, is maybe it's such a nice day. Maybe it's not really doing much of anything other than than powering these mics and things like that. And that's operational power. And for the majority of what we uh, green architects focus on is reducing that operational power because we're taught, and we discover and we learn that the operational power that you're using the energy that your building is using generally completely eclipses the amount of energy over time that your building uh, uh, requires to be built. So to make those materials, to transport those materials, to put them in place, it's a tremendous amount of energy that is that, you know, on day one, when you're, when your building opens its doors and somebody in a hard hat celebrates and cuts a fancy ribbon out there with some, some politician you just spent uh, you know literal tons thousands of tons of carbon dioxide and uh, for and people have not been paying attention to how much that was right we sort of thought well and that's nothing compared to operational carbon which is Based on the energy we use while we're using the building, exactly, and and you know over a hundred years, if you're look if you're looking at a span of a hundred years, Phil, then then yeah, that that amount of embodied energy in making that building is small. It's a small piece of the pie compared to you know the 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 building over its life and what it uses in operation. But here's the thing: the more efficient your building is, the greater that proportion of embodied energy is to your operational energy so you have a net zero building phil if you have a true net zero building you've you've successfully uh eliminated almost all the operational energy so now 
you're you're looking at this nugget, this problem that that you face is is the embodied energy in the building. That's right. So if you do a net zero build, so you know we talked about forty uh, percent um, of our energy that goes to uh, either between split between embodied and operational. Yeah. Carbon. Okay. So operational, we use about twenty eight percent. Yeah. All right. So embodied is about eleven percent of that. Right. We think, okay, that's yeah. not a big deal. Let's definitely concentrate on the operate operational. Right. But when you have such a great building that you're getting to net zero, suddenly that embodied carbon carbon looms large. Right. So let's now let's talk about why it's really critical now and why it's why it's an emergency now. I'm gonna kind of pull up a little a couple of stats. So you remember the Paris Climate Agreement. You remember the Paris Climate Summit in 2013 that we are now no longer a part of. I wasn't invited to that. But. I wasn't invited either, but I was really excited when, heard we, when we joined in. And it was you know, really the first time that all these nations are coming together and agreeing to do something about it, something substantial to do, you know, to, to take on this issue. And of course, we elected Trump and pulled out. So yes. anyway, separate topic. I'm sure after another cocktail, I'm going to go off the rails again. You're going to have to pull me back. We used to be apolitical on this show. But we're not going to escape it on I, this one. I don't think there's any way to be apolitical and make the change we need to make. I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I am going to go on a tangent. You ready? I'm go. I'm ready. I'm, okay. I'll go with you. All right. So I, every, you know, not so much around here, but you run into people who don't really care about climate change, conservatives, or they still are, you know, you'd say they don't believe in it. And you feel compelled to, oh, well, let's, yeah, I used to have the approach that, oh, let's let's meet them where they are, okay? Because there's a lot of misinformation out there, misinformation, and and they've they've you know they belong to a political party that you know is probably you know focused on other things, and their passions are in other places, and so they're just not as um, well versed in the subject. And I feel like if we have this conversation, we can I can bring them along to the conclusions and talk about the science and all that stuff. And I've learned <laughs> this is a this yeah. doesn't work on this particular type of person. And I have a new method, a new approach, which okay. which is you sir are a complete moron, or you're pretending to be a moron, and it's dangerous for everyone and our kids, and you're not part of the solution. And you're not even, you're not, you don't even care. You're not even, uh, you know, so. Does that work? Uh, I haven't tested it out, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. It's like, I'm not I, so sure, I think, I, no, but I want to be there when you do. I think a smack in the face. It's like, I'm tired. Which is of, what you might get once you call somebody well, more. <laughs> and I'll take that, but because I'm, I'm tired of coddling people who are, you know, politically sensitive to this issue. It's not political. Get your head out of your ass. And start paying attention, says Chris Briley. All right. I'm says the Green Architect. Here, here, man. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> all right. No. I'm... All right. So, all right. I'm sorry. I stepped on a soapbox and no, maybe the, I lost I mean, a couple of listeners right the, there. No, the point is the passion. You know, we've got to get this passion Okay. Here's, so here's the, this is what we, you know. Here's the urgency. Shit is going down. Okay. Can I? Yeah. Shit's going down and it's real and, and summer is coming, Phil. Summer is coming. Yeah. It's the long summer. And- and you can pretend like it's 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 way far away, and you don't have to worry about. It. And you're you know focused on the things right now, but it's coming. And unless you do yeah, something, yeah, no, it's here. Yeah, it's right. a little Game of Thrones reference. 
hoping to bring back that listener I lost. He's like, ah, I love that show. No, it's already playing in my head right now. I almost started humming it while you were singing. Uh, Maybe Tanner will add that. But we probably can't legally do that, can we, Tanner? No, he's shaking his head. No. no. <laughs> so we'll just keep humming. No, Give me okay. some stats. Okay. So so here's the thing. At that climate uh, agreement, there there was uh, an international panel on climate change, and there was a whole sector focused on building. And they concluded that they had they ran a whole bunch of different scenarios with the models and everything. And and uh, I'm going to summarize. Basically, there's an 85 percent chance of keeping you know the warming of the planet to two degrees celsius which they all agreed on remember it used to be 1.5 and they're like oh, there's no way we're going to make it we got to focus on two degrees there's an 85 percent chance of keeping it to two degrees warming if the building sector can be carbon free by 2050 and if you think about that we have to get from where we are now to being completely carbon free which means Embodied energy has to be zero. Operational energy has to be zero for all of our buildings by 2050. That's 35, 30. It's, right, it's close. It's close. It's, it's just over 30 years. 31 years, basically. Um, and people are just trying to figure out what embodied carbon is. is. We, as practitioners, are just starting to get our heads around it. All right. Now, here's, here's another stat. You ready? Uh, basically, uh, uh, for so we have... In 35 years, I guess it was in 2015, for 35 years, every 35 days on this planet. Uh, yes, I heard yeah, this. Yes. Um, I learned this in a book called The New Carbon Architecture by Bruce King, but also that there are a lot of contributors to this book. But as it's well. such a fantastic book. It's, it's, it's been the one I've been carrying around in my bag with me. Yeah. And, and this to is say you gotta you gotta read this. In fact, this is your homework assignment, green architecture guys, because this is this is where we are. It's succinct, it's not, it doesn't geek out too much. All right, so anyway, back to this stat. Every 35 days, a whole New York City is being built on this planet. So What? That's right. All five boroughs, every 35 days, New York City is built. And then it starts again for 35 years to take us to 2050. So of all those buildings, all that mass that we're creating, all that has to be uh, net carbon zero by 2050. So there's this there. So let's go back. Let's imagine a graph, Phil. Mm-hmm. Got it in my head. And we're, we're going to put it up. Yeah, we're going to put it up. Yeah. And so, you know, this graph, if you imagine that the time span of your building, this is how we usually think there's a little on, on, on the bottom is time and, and, or that we call that the X axis. Right. Nerds. And the and Y is, is embodied carbon. Mm-hmm. And then as time moves forward, so like your building is built, boom, there's this huge spike. Well, it's spike. carbon, right? Right. It's carbon, right. Uh, your building is built, and there's a huge spike in carbon because, boom, that's your building being built. And then your normal building, that arrow or that, that line, the graph, takes off in a diagonal dire- direction up as yes. that's your operational um, energy. Right. Your so operational, it starts, operational starts at zero. Right. And embodied starts much higher than that. And embodied stays at that level for, for the, forever, for the life of the building. Because that's the carbon. Yeah, right. essentially. So your net zero building, you know, that 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 line, that graph that it takes off, is, it's almost level. Almost level. But here's the thing. You know, that graph, that time frame where, where, um, where the embodied carbon looks really small, no, that time frame has to be shrunk to 30 years or less. 
So now that embodied carbon is huge. It's much bigger than the operational, much, much bigger. bigger. And so by 2030, when we're trying to get to net zero energy by 2030, yeah. embodied 20, 2050, but yeah, we're right. But net no, zero we, were talking by by, we were talking by 2030 for the 2030 challenge. Right. And that's energy. That's operational energy. That's right. Now we're talking carbon right. by 2050. Mm -hmm. So dang, we have so much work to do. And it's scary. But the if I can quote uh, Aaron McDade in this, in this same book, mm -hmm. buildings are the problem, but also buildings are the solution. So there, there are ways, and we're going to talk about this, how to sequester carbon in your building, make your buildings carbon positive, and how to make a carbon neutral, a carbon zero building. And you're thinking, oh my God, that can't be done. How do you make something with zero energy? You, and you can make things with, with negatives. There's negative numbers. That's right. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. So there's hope. So we're going we're gonna to take it to Modor, and we're going to bring it back to the Shire in this podcast. So, so go along for the journey. <laughs> Can we play Lord of the Rings music, Tanner? <laughs> I says, no. No. Damn, uh, damn it. We can't play anything in I this place. I can't even sing that, that one. By the way, we're, we're at the Portland Pod recording. That's why we sound so good again. We, we decided uh, we liked it so much, we're going to hang out with, with Tanner and let him uh, be the actual professional yeah cheers you, tanner. tanner cheers yep. to tanner and we uh, may actually get these done once a month yeah that's right that's right so here's the portland pod uh great people and tanner's a great guy so chris yes you know when i first heard this when i at the building energy conference in boston yep. you know and i i thought oh my gosh we're screwing this up i did have a second thought yes that we're actually not doing so bad mm -hmm. once I, I learned a little bit more i took a deep breath and thought you know, for residential high-performance architects, right? we're doing kind of the right thing already. That's right. All of our we're instincts doing are a, right in place. Right. We're not doing a lot of foam. Right. We are using a lot of wood. That's right. We're using a lot of cellulose. Yeah. Because um, you're talking about the embodied energy of different materials is different. We should sort of yeah, quantify that. So like, like concrete, for example has a really high embodied energy, which of course equals embodied carbon. Mm -hmm. And maybe we should take a moment and say, hey, don't don't worry about that nuance of embodied energy versus embodied carbon because the difference in reality is really so plain. If someone starts giving you guff about that, just say, shut up, nerd. I know. I know it's different. But right. We just the, need big rules of thumb right now. We need to just kind of get there and not that's get right. stuck on... We the can, language. We can round some numbers. We can just get, let's get the principle down. All about rounding numbers. So I was at this wonderful embodied energy oh, conference right. in Boston. I'm getting this from you. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah, pass yeah. this on to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. You can, you can use a one, a two, a five, yep. a 10, 20, a 50, yep. and a 100. And that's it. That's it. Threes? No, no threes. No, no. Don't, no, 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 no. Decimal points? Don't, don't do uh, it. Fractions? Good Lord. Uh, and, you know, I used... 11 and 28 earlier in this podcast. So I'm a yeah. little embarrassed to get oh. my point. No more. Shame okay, on you, round, round numbers, Chris. I'm taking your drink away. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah. So remember, we're, we're talking to conservatives. So keep, no, I'm sorry. I did it again. You Damn went it. right there. Uh, can we edit me? Oh, well, no, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> I'm sorry, conservatives. No, because really, I want, I have conservative friends and. Um, they, and they're not, they're not the ones that are anti-climate change. Okay. So I'm not, I don't mean to group them all, just those people who are, who refuse to address the subject. They, they're the ones who irritate me, like our president. Moving on. 
Uh, I don't even want to start because I won't stop. No, no, you're right. You're right. What is this podcast? It's architecture, green architecture, and and the subject is embodied carbon. So let's do that. Right. Let's yeah. so let's bring it a so, little bit back to what we can do as practitioners. Right. How well, are you, we doing? Yeah. Well, you were saying that residentially, we're we're building with pretty much the guys like us. Mm-hmm. The green. We're focused on the low embodied energy materials anyway, like the cellulose. Uh, insulation, wood framing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're usually trying to minimize the amount of concrete and we're actually maximizing insulation. A lot of us mm-hmm. are using foam though. Yep. Um, that's and, and we'll talk that, about materials in detail a little bit later on the podcast, yeah. but it's great to know it's kind of the basics. Residential, we're okay. Commercial? Mm-hmm. The stru- mm-hmm. it's, how much is in the structure? Uh, that is a good question. I know that we have that stat somewhere on this page. But uh, the answer is a lot. Thirty-three percent of embodied carbon. Ah, there you go. Structure. Is in the structure. Um, um, uh, for, uh, <laughs> I need to round that, don't I? Yes, you do. About forty percent. Oh, I round no, it up. About a third. About a third. Good that's job. Good. Thank oh, you. That's good. Uh, well, that's a fraction, though. Damn it. Anyway, you get the point. I could, I have a piece of pie in my head. It's very clear. Okay. A thirty. A third. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Well. When we talked about, when, when we had fun with lead all those years. Yeah. All right. The mechanical engineer was really involved. That's you know, right. Of course, we were. Yeah. You know, electrical engineer. And then the structural over the engineer was kind of waving in the corner and like, all right, guys, tell we, me when you need me. Yeah. And we'd be like, well, uh, can we get recycled steel? And they're like, yeah, it practically all is, you know, high recycled content anyway. So. Can you put fly ash in that concrete? Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Do, yeah, what, done. Whatever. Done. Yeah. And, but now... Hey, structural engineers. You're at the center now. You have a, a job ways. to do. Because, so here's the thing. Um, you know, concrete, very high embodied energy. If you look at the process of making, and we'll talk about materials more in the second half, but very high. Steel, very high. Very high. Uh, wood, uh, pretty low. Uh, in fact, if you get FSC wood, um, then you are negative because... Um, well, we we can talk about this now. Uh, nope, nope, nope. We're just talking it's, about the structure. So why is it, you know, th- there's a big movement to get more wood in the structure in commercial buildings. That's right. Yeah, because for this reason, mm-hmm. uh, because if you can sequester carbon, if you can have a lower carbon footprint with your structure, especially, then you're going to make a, a big difference in the rest of the embodied carbon for the building. Um, and one other thing, I want to throw in there chris yeah as practitioners Mm -hmm. not only do we have a huge responsibility but anything the impact of the work we do absolutely dwarves the personal changes we make that is right that's right and that's the other thing i think you and i are still going to do our best we still recycle we still you know drive an electric car yeah you you know we'll do our best to wash out that you know that piece of plastic and you know and clean it out and recycle it. And like, yeah. boy, I'm glad I spent a few minutes to do it because I feel better about myself. But man, if we just specify, um, you know, the, the right concrete, if we could get a few beams, steel beams out of our work. Yeah. Boom. That, that just like. You just that's the impact your, yeah. for half a year for one of us. Oh, more than that probably. But right. Yeah. So that's a message to everyone out there in this industry. Again, just to reiterate, we have a huge impact. Yeah. We, in fact, it's it's really on us. We are either the chumps or the heroes of this story. Mm-hmm. If we make it, it's going to be because of us. If if we don't make it, well, it's because of us. So summer's coming, and there's you can't avoid it. You have to be a part of this, whether you're a. Um, so if you if you made it this far, yeah, then the hope is that you're pumped up as well. 
That's right. Because we, we can't mess around. Chris and I have some big ideas. We'll be sharing in future podcasts of how to actually make changes yeah. on, on, on a community level. Yeah. Because he and I are going to, you and I are going to start doing some of that. Yeah, that's right. We're going we're gonna to do some shit, man. That's right. We have so, to, we have to start making that happen. So, I, so join us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, another element of embodied energy that a lot of people don't think about is, is the transportation. I mean, I, I know we think about transportation of materials or we green architects do, um, you know, does it come from, is it boated over from Europe? Is it boated over from, uh, you know, China? Um, is it domestic? Is it really local? Hyper-local materials are fantastic in this regard. They're going to cut carbon like crazy. The workers that co that go to your site, um, it's kind of amazing to see that play out. It it actually shows up in all the little graphs of embodied energy of yep. a building. It's like, what's that? Oh, that was what's that purple bar? Oh, that's the transportation of the workers to get on site. It's like what? So I got a question for you, Chris. Yeah. Right. So th there's a huge impact, you know. Of of understanding the transportation of a thing to a site. There's a huge impact for construction, you know, site construction. That's 20 to 20, 20, 20%. Good or job. A quarter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a quarter of the pie. Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a chunk. How do we make this interesting and fun for architects? Oh God. Well, I, I think a, a material, when we get into materials, I think that's going to do it. Okay. Because if I said, Phil, I want you to design this building, but only use, wood for the structure i want to express wood as the structure you'd be like yes i'm totally gonna i'm into that yeah i just i just had lunch today jesse and i had lunch with with our friend caleb another architect in town oh yeah oh yeah. we've been you and i've been <laughs> working him uh on this subject yeah. and, 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 he, and he was like yeah how do you get so excited about this i just want to make pretty things you know he he was very kind about it it's like i respect that but yeah how do you get up for this yeah it's like, that's a, that's, that's a good, a good question. question. And I think it's a really important message to get across to other well, the, designers. I had a similar conversation with him. We're gonna have to tell him to listen to this podcast now, but, uh, and it was, well, like, like, don't you, cause I know this about him already. I'm like, don't you get excited about making buildings out of local, you know, handcrafted type materials? He's like, oh my God. Yes. It's like, and it, we went on a tangent about membrane, membranes and stuff, but I'm like, if you did a natural build of some kind, you know, an all natural wood building or an all natural, you know, bio-based building, wouldn't you be jazzed? And he's like, yeah, heck yeah. He could totally get on board with that. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's sort of a different challenge. It's, it's another constraint. We architects love to design with some constraints around us just, you know, because that's the challenge. We love to be challenged. We're problem solvers by nature. And you know what else architects like? Uh, alcohol? They, they like prizes. Oh, God. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. They do. Even if they say they don't, they kind of do. Right. Did you get lead gold? I got platinum. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I I got Gleepsite. It's a new material. <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> Did you just come up with Gleepsite? <laughs> I actually, there's a story there that we don't have time for, but I, I learned that material from a professor and as you, you know, Someone asks asks you uh, what what that's made of, and you know, in a critique or whatever, you can make up a material and fool your professors. Yeah. And 
Oh, oh, sure. I, I, never mind. What is the embodied carbon of glyphosate? It's, it's zero. It's zero. It's amazing. It's the, it's only, amazing it's the only zero embodied carbon material. That's right. It comes from space. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, do we want to take a break, or do you want to? Um, is there anything else you want to sneak into this first half of of our podcast? I'm ready for a break. All right, I am too. the The only other thing I'll say is that, that I know I know that it'll come up. Uh, you know, in someone's going to chime in on the blog, probably at Green Building Advisor, and say, "Well, you know, your buildings are nothing compared to the grid." And you know, if you can just yeah, clean, point. if you can clean the grid and all that, well, yes, 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 we know, but but we don't have a clean grid right right now. But but true, if the grid were cleaner, that and and I'm talking about if if our uh, power generation did not come from fossil fuels, but came from renewable energies, then the embodied energy we're putting into the materials gets reduced immediately by that, you know, same margin. So, so yes, we know this is a, this is a multi-front battle. You can't just put, you, there's, if you just focus on one front, you're going to get flanked. Every moron knows that who watches movies. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you try to do too many things, your head's also going to explode. That's right. So stay focused, stay, stay focused and let's do what we're good at. Right. Work the problem. So we're going to take a short break. Listen to a nice uh, something from our sponsor, and then we'll uh, refresh our drinks, ref- perhaps. Yes, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about materials and how to approach, how to solve this this problem with your materials. Yep, stand by. This episode of Green Architects Lounge is proudly sponsored by Pinnacle Window Solutions, focused on providing high performance window solutions throughout New England since 2009, with 70 years combined experience. Pinnacle Window Solutions has the expertise and knowledge to guide you through the most challenging window and door projects imaginable. More at PinnacleWindowSolutions.net. Now back to the Green Architects Lounge. And we're back. Hey, Phil. Hey, Chris. We're still at it. Yeah. Hey, thanks to Pinnacle Windows. Yes, they've been sticking with us uh, all year so far. And it's really great. Um, And like we said, we don't just let anyone sponsor us we specify their products and and you know the people that we uh, allow to sponsor so uh he's a great guy and they do they have a uh, great products and great service so so uh, agreed yeah thanks to them all right so let's talk a little bit about materials okay right because um, this is how we're going to solve the problem by building with better materials yeah and and one of the things we're going to have to understand better is the numbers around these materials. Yeah. You know, how do we, how, as professionals, uh, how do we get our heads around this? Right. Well, there's something called an EPD. You know what EPD? Right. And uh, an environmental uh, uh, product declar- declaration. Declaration. Yeah. Sure. Right. Um, so it's, you know, I usually think of it like the uh, the MPGs of right. The material. Right. How, your, what's your miles per gallon on this? Or what's, what's the, uh, the thing that we can universally measure a materials uh, embodied carbon or other things. And so like the U.S. Green Building Council, they have uh, they have a proposed universal uh, EPD declaration uh, list, which is like. Um, yeah, it's like the like nutritional a, facts label. Right. On a, yeah, on any piece of food that we get in the store. Yeah, Phil, wouldn't How be, smart is that? That's fantastic. And it's kind of like been missing for a long time. So it's a little bit more than just, you know, carbon and, uh, you know, there's other things in there. Um, but, you know, but, remember that when they started to occur, you know, it's it was a real cool cultural change. Oh, yeah. A real paradigm shift. 
Yeah, what's in the hot dog, Phil? I don't know. Metal filings? Not only I don't know, right, I don't care. I trust everything you give to me. That's right. Because it goes in my mouth. Now we need to start caring. That's right. And you better make, you know, these toxins, these, you know, the nasty carbon that you're putting in our atmosphere from these materials, make it visible. That's right. And there's one thing I've learned uh, from our work with a living building challenge building is like, if, if you're not finding what you want, ask for it because it makes a difference when you ask for it and your, your colleagues ask for it pretty soon, they'll start responding. Just, just like, yeah. So start looking for these EPDs. Right. Technically they're an independently verified and registered document that communicates transparent and comparable, comparable information about the life cycle, environmental impact of products. Right. So, and when you start collecting these and putting these together, you're going to start thinking, oh my gosh, I, I really need to cut back on concrete. I really need to come because it's, it's huge. The, right. And it comes down to making it simple and straightforward. So, you know, the, the geeks can figure out the tech mm -hmm. and we can look at this and say, all right, you know, I, I still don't know if, you know, 12 grams of sodium are good for me or not, but <laughs> I kind of, you know, I kind of know as little, as small a number as possible. Sure. I should, I shouldn't have that, but, and I look at two products, one side by side. I know this one's got a lot more and this one's got a lot less. I'm going to go for the one that's better. Right. That's right. And that, let's just start there. Yeah. So, I agree. So don't get freaked out. I mean, the, you know, we're talking about kilograms of CO2, CO2. equivalency. Right. Oh, maybe we should say that. You, you'll see, because there are other gases that are not CO2 that have the same greenhouse effect. Mm -hmm. Methane, for example, is is much stronger than CO2, so it might have a you'll see an E CO2 or CO2E um, uh, as it's an equ it's an equivalency to carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So right. there, I cleared that up. Right. The E CO2 is E is the embodied and OCO2E is operational. Oh, operational. Yeah. So you'll that's see right. those, that's, that's what those little E's and O's are for. Right. But it's a, but <clears throat> it's all pretty much the same. You know what that means, kids. So, Okay, so let's talk about the materials. Wood is good. We said that. Plant fibers are good. Yep. FSC. Um, Huge wood. difference. So let's talk about the Forest Stewardship Council. Okay. Okay. And Bruce King in the New Carbon Architecture book yeah. that we know and love talks a lot about the importance of FSC wood. Right, because you could you could think to yourself. So here's the, <clears throat> here's the thing is, is a tree grows in the forest and it is basically absorbing co2 and nobody can hear it and nobody can hear it. <laughs> that's right does it actually happen no yeah it's philosophical maybe yeah when it's clapping one hand does it never mind they so a tree <laughs> is absorbing the co2 and building its own structure with it and the elements in the ground essentially it's it's a highly technically advanced material and yet it, it practically grows on trees so it, it's <laughs> Thank you. Practically. Practically. But so, so, but here's the thing. If you go clear cutting a forest for your lumber, you're not doing any good. You are removing something that is scrubbing the air for CO2. And then you're putting that in your building. Yeah. And it's actually the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because then you're exposing all that carbon that gets churned up that was in, within the soils. It's right. like. So if you take a tree. Awful. Cut it down, burn it. Basically that was, you know, decades worth of carbon that was sequestered. And then you just released it in one, one foul, foul swoop, pow. But, and if you throw it on the ground and it rots 
and you know it it also will slowly as it rots release that carbon again unless it's captured by the plants that are around it and things that are digesting it but what if phil you take that wood and stick it in your building where you take care of it for hundreds of years you just sequestered that carbon that tree scrubbed it out of the atmosphere and then you're storing it in your building yeah, you know, it seems so simple, but it actually took me a little while to get that in my head, what it means to sequester carbon. Right. So you'll hear that. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah. So when you're sequestering carbon, you're taking a product that is already, you know, stripped out of the air, yeah. and you're you're taking the duty of sequestering it in your building. Right. It's already sucked up lots of carbon. It's like a big old block of right. CO2. So imagine- doesn't <clears throat> bother you if it's sitting next to you. It bothers you if it's in the air. Right. So- uh, with FSC certification, Forest Stewardship Council, mm -hmm. and by now we're probably all familiar with that. Thank you, LEED and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so now that guarantees, with that uh, chain of custody certification for that piece of wood, that guarantees it came from a forest that was sustainably harvested. And not clear cut. Not clear cut. It's growing as fast as it's being harvested. So you're basically, you've got a factory absorbing, a factory that is the forest, absorbing carbon cutting it down, and then you're going to store it for them, and they're going to grow it again and keep keep pulling that carbon out. So that FSC certification uh, gives you a product that is not only carbon neutral, it's carbon negative because it's decades worth of carbon that have been pushed into that uh, piece of wood to make it. And Bruce King has some wonderful graphs in his book that again blew my mind on yeah. this. You know, one to the effect that it is actually better to get FSC wood from away, from pretty far away, to import FSC wood, right, than to get local lumber That's that is not FSC not sustainably storage. harvested. Okay, now someone out there is saying, "Yeah, but I've got a mill. I've got a okay." So here we are in Maine. We've got like seven huge, uh, sustainably uh, managed forests that you know grew up in the paper mill heyday so they are all sustainably managed and they're they're uh even though the lumber that comes out of it they might lose their chain of custody so they lose their fse certification and so here's the argument like hey this tree i saw it was cut from this sustainable forest and then it was milled in my local mill and i'm putting it in my building that's every bit as good as fsc and that's what i'm doing well that's technically correct mm -hmm. however in the larger commercial industry, you know, you put this in specs and you guys know this, they'll, they'll change the material, you know, in a heartbeat for some other reason or cost reason or, or a time delivery reason. Oh, we're not going with that. We're going with this. But if you have it in there, that it must be FSC certified, then you've got this, this, this thing that they have to have that you can stand by and say, it has to be this. And not only that, Chris, we're increasing demand for this. Correct. It's really huge that we let the suppliers know that people want this. Right. It's, it's an amazing thing that I've heard that uh, there's so many, there's a bunch of people who are growing FSC lumber, but it just goes through, gets thrown in with the rest of the stuff. You can buy it at Home Depot, right? That's right. I've, I've been to Home Depot yeah. and I've actually seen, I'm like, oh my God, this has an FSC stamp. Yeah. Cause it costs them more to do that. They can't just do FSC or they'll go out of business. They right. have to sell their stuff to Home Depot. Right. But if you go to Home Depot and say, hey, can I have the documentation that goes with this? Then the guy will look at you like, huh? what? You mean the wood? Oh, that's just that's a two by four. You you just just a two by four. Or or the woman will look at you and uh, go. Thank you, Phil. What? Oh, God, what still, a, still. This just sound like that. Still, still, still right. But <laughs> God, I am an awful human being. Thanks for pointing that out, by the way. Um, speak, You're a good guy. It's, well, 
I don't know. I don't know from that last from you know we so off break there during the break we were we, we had this little conversation about my little rant and should I have done that? I don't know. And then you you you've got a counterpoint for my yeah, you know because I, I called him a moron, right? And and that's what we feel emotionally because you're passionate. I feel the same thing. Yeah, but is that really going to make a difference? If you call somebody a moron, it's going to make you feel good. But we need to work together here. We need to, and we can talk about how crappy Trump is doing and their yeah. political situation, how miserable it is. But we're all in this. This is going to end up being the great unifier. And it probably is going to come from pain. We're yeah. probably all going to have to suffer a little bit. And, you know, this is going to be sort of the, the 9-11 of the new generation. We're all going to look to each other and say, hey, we got to band together because Somebody is screwing us big time right now, and it's their only chance. Yeah. Well, I, I love that sentiment and everything. I, I just, I guess I'm, I'm looking for a more effective way to get through, because I don't think, you know, like, like remember Bill McKibben? He gave a speech where he was talking about how I've, 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 you know, I've outlined the science. I've given everyone numbers, and for some reason, that doesn't work. It doesn't sink in. That still doesn't cut through the political haze that fogs over some people's eyes when I present them with raw science that says this is what's happening. And so I, you know, what, what is the next step, you know, other than, I don't know. All right. Yeah. There's some great, there's some great people out there talking about how to communicate this properly. Right. I'm pretty sure that uh, Moron is not the Moron. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's Bill Gates who actually has a, a little podcast. Who oh, talks really? It's like a ten minute thing that gets through to folks to say, "Here's how I think we should talk about it." All right, uh, it's kind of all right. You've brilliant. you've talked me to all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin. I'm not gonna call anyone a moron yet. I mean, I did earlier, but yeah. I but I'm I haven't really to anyone's face. So right. I I will. Well, I would say to you know, and I'm I'm talking to myself here. Take take the passion behind those words. And let's figure out what we can do with it, you know. Oh, God, that's, that's like where I was before. And then I got mad. All right. I, I'm going to think about it. But I, <laughs> but I wonder what the best way to get through to somebody who refuses to. Uh, yeah, let's keep talking about it. I, think, right. I think you and I are going to have some community discussions. All right. And we, I can only hope that there are other people there who don't agree with us politically. Right. They're, they're going to help us figure it out. All right. Let's go back to materials. All right. All right. So we were, we were on. Wood and FSC mm -hmm. and and sequestration sequestration sequestration, sequestration yeah. of, of wood. So if you're building with and and once you start looking at the embodied energy in materials, then you start you know through these declared lists and you know there are resources online. We're gonna start you know there's a like that materials palette. What was that? Ah uh, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's called materialspalette.org. It's but 2030. Architecture 2030 is is behind it, mm -hmm. and they have it's called the Carbon Smart Materials Palette. There you Materialspalette.org, and it talks about the high impact materials for the predominant building materials that have the highest potential for emissions reductions: concrete, steel, wood, insulation. Boom. Yeah. Concentrate on those. Don't worry about your membranes or tapes. They're small. They have little impact. We found out. Right. Um, yeah. You start thinking about synthetics and things like that um, because you, you know you have plastics, which are foams that we use mm -hmm. and they're pretty high in embodied energy yep. um, and they are a petroleum they are a raw petroleum product um and so you know while we're still you know uh you know making refining oil we have petroleum to 
use as a you know plastic and so it's you know it's a it's a tough material that's ubiquitous it's everywhere plastic is everywhere we're not going to get rid of plastic completely at least and it's a, a quickly evolving material right but for us it's usually foams and foam insulation and we have alternatives to that especially in the in the way of uh cellulose which is a biofiber mm -hmm. which is much lower in embodied material and in fact can be fse certified much harder mm -hmm. to find but um you know can be sustain sustainably harvested and used as an insulation there's wood fiber products mm -hmm. um which are really seeing their time I they mean, are they've been very popular in in europe and overseas for years mm -hmm. and we Which have I, we have one coming online and, and new factory in so maine, they say our, in maine one of our one of our colleagues and uh, uh in the state of maine who's also an architect and builder uh, they're, they're making their own right matt amalia and and his Matt, crew and yep. with geolab and we wish them much luck absolutely we'll use their product for we crying certainly out loud will. so uh, you know we we want them to really succeed but we're talking about like the gutex and the stico type uh wood fiber insulation it's a rigid board mm -hmm. that's also an insulation so that can be a replacement for your exterior foams right so these are all you know insulation but if we go back to wood Wooden plant fibers, Chris. And yeah. Let's talk about the insulations a little bit more. You know, we talked yeah. about straw bale. Oh yeah, right. Is that hempcrete? That's another one oh, yeah. that's on the carbon smart materials list. And I've never used hempcrete. I've never used sheep's wool. I've never used straw bale. And I, I thought I was a smart dude. Clearly, yeah. I'm not. Right. I'm a moron, just like you told me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's funny because, like, I think, like, you know, a decade or more ago, I was really into. Straw bale, I really wanted a client to do straw bale. And even here in Maine, it's more difficult to do. But so, yeah, did you really want to build a straw bale house? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It always sounded crazy to me. Oh, it's not. No, it's it's because it compresses the structural capacity. Oh, you know what's really fun? Hey, shout out for Bruce King. He wrote, I, I saw after he spoke um, at the Living Futures Conference, you know, I went up to him and said, Hey, did you write a book about um, straw bale construction? I was like, you know, that was a Bruce E. King. He's like, yeah, that was me. I'm like, man, that was a badass book. It really was. He wrote specs for, you know, he said, here, here are specs for your straw bale house and your rammed earth house. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing that you can do that. And, and yeah, you can, but, and it's a natural material. It's an agricultural, well, I wouldn't say byproduct, but almost a byproduct. But you know what? I've, I've had this aversion forever. You wanted to do it. I've always like turned up my nose like there's no way in hell i'm building a straw bale house we got good materials now oh, wow. but i look at these numbers yeah i'm looking at these carbon numbers and they're negatives for these for hempcrete straw bale. i was like yeah oh shit isn't that we what we just said we need to do yeah that's it's, exactly maybe it's time for architects to take this a little bit more seriously yeah and there are more products that are evolving now that they're straw board yeah exactly you know the things that we can use and, and not detail things in a radically different way that we're used to right it's sort of like remembering how to build with natural materials and and if if you read about like there's a great chapter in con about concrete in the new carbon architecture book about how maybe you know clays are you know a better or you know like the parthenon that was that's made out of concrete for crying out loud but that that cheated had volcano or volcanic rock pulverized and so it's natural concrete basically um we're at a, i'm on a tangent but maybe uh you know there was they you know uh supposed maybe clay can come back as a 
as a material that can be uh, compressed right. and used. And and I think back to when I was working on Tom's main project where we were really considering using wood chip light clay, which was, there was sheep's clay deposit everywhere. And there was trees that we were taking down, chip it up, mix it with the clay, pack it into a form, pack it hard. And it has bearing capacity that's really high and it's insulated. And it's like, wow, that's a, and uh, it's like, yeah, that's a real I remember product. that. I met you when you were working on that product yeah. many years ago. Yeah. So here's my challenge to you and maybe yeah. to myself. Okay. Within the next six months, you and I are going to try to specify hempcrete, sheep's wool, <laughs> or straw bale in a product, I've, in a project. I've, 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 already, right? I've already put sheep's wool in a project. You did. I did. It didn't get value engineered out. Uh, yeah. I got right. Not uh, yet. You're right. You're right. It's not done until right, it's in. We got to push. Yeah. Okay. And, it, Good and for to you. be honest, you're one up on me. Well, no, it was only on a door. So it doesn't yeah, really count. I did specify how much we just got to start getting used to these things and getting our heads around these right. things. All right. Let's, let's talk about, uh, the top, you and I wrote mm -hmm. top five materials and, and right. I've got one more thing to talk about on wood that makes oh, sure. it part of five. Okay. So when we talked about structural engineers and them being our future heroes, yes, you know, I will gladly step back if structural engineers can save the world. Oh my God. I'll yeah. Sit down and watch them. CLTs, cross-laminated timbers. Oh, yeah, that's all the rage right now. And that's basically we're talking about being able to replace steel, the job that steel does in the building, replace it with wood. And right. it's gorgeous, Phil. It is. I mean, you think about, what's the best way to describe this, Chris? Basically taking two-by-fours yeah, right, and kind of gluing them up yeah. in, in layers and then turning them 90 degrees and yep. then gluing them, them together. Layers, yeah. and, and think about an entire wall, doing this for an entire entire solid wall right or a solid floor and so you've got panels mm -hmm. big slabs that are your wall or they are your roof yeah. or they are your your floor and they're sitting on members that are like your giant glue lamb beams or, that are even stronger if they're cross laminated so you've got um you know a massive timber building so instead of metal deck and concrete composite slab you've got a slab of wood mm -hmm. and and no they don't burn wildly fast no like they don't tank. and they're and they're that's one of the challenges there are these code uh loops loopholes in the code where you know code enforcement officers are like there's nothing that tells me that that you can build with that and there's pushback from engineers and ourselves to say well nothing that says you can't and then it gets all held up and then the client or somebody will inevitably say, oh, let's just do it in steel and you know avoid the hassle, unless you're a champion and you're like, no, we will build with wood. Summer is coming. Well, summer, <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, so we another challenge within a year. Yeah. One of us needs to do a CLT building. Yeah. I know we've both been trying to do that we've probably. Been, we have. It's finding the client, but I think it's... You know, just like all the other, you know, we didn't start off with these great sustainable projects. We espoused that that's what we wanted to do. And we just keep putting it out there until somebody says, I agree with you and I want to do that. And we're trying well, to be God. leading edge here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we've got to get yeah, to these people who I, I are interested. Do, I want to do a really great mid-rise CLT building. And I'm going to insulate it. With sheep's wool and straw bale. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> right or may, maybe wood fiber rigid board and cellulose, but you know, we'll try some of the other things. I'm in. I'm gonna and my building's gonna be next to it. Okay. And then we'll, one one story <laughs> taller. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you do that because oh, that'll be good. Thanks. All right. Um as long as I'm on the south side. 
Okay. okay. So, so wood is good. Concrete is bad. This is a, this is a crazy number. Concrete accounts for 50% of all resources in buildings worldwide. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. And that's because like, like America does all right. Uh, but, but, you know, you think about some of the more arid countries that, you know, they, they, that's all they build with is concrete. Steel is hard to come by. Concrete's easy to come by. And so, you know, globally, it's it's the biggest building material there is. All right. So what do we do with that, Chris? I mean, this is like where we start thinking about, I'm, so here's what I'm doing. We're working on our first project with helical piers. Yes. So basically, you just take a, a steel yep. pile and you just screw it into the ground. Yeah. And there you do a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And there's no concrete. And yeah. you stick your building on that and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But really looking hard at how we can do less concrete, how we can just really there's, design things around. There's a building went up next to us that I had nothing to do with, but I know that the piers were not hammered in piles. They were piles. Uh, they weren't hammered in steel piles and they weren't poured concrete piles. They were uh, crushed stone com- hmm. drilled, drilled down into the earth. And then, then it, then it deposits and vibrates crushed stone and forms a crushed stone pier that gets compacted and compacted. And then on the top, they pour a, a pile cap on top of that. Really? Yeah. So no did concrete. They, did, why did they do that? Was it because of? Well, it turns out, carbon? turns out it was more, uh, nope, nope. It was more economical to do that. Ah, How about that? That's really great. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's better. Wouldn't it be great if it, the low carbon solutions were. It was also the more economic. beautiful and more affordable one. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a dream work, world. Let's work towards that. Let's I talk know. about these different materials and then we'll so like your 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 bottom five materials or i'm, I'm i'll do it Here yeah, go. go ahead i we talked about and right up uh, at the top is aluminum and concrete steel spray foam and then i i toss in boo. boo i know and then i and don't get started on toxic stuff too but um that's a different topic but this is embodied energy embodied carbon and then i put in refrigerants mm-hmm. and i put that in because refrigerants are like carbon on steroids yeah. like on on coke on crack on on you know they're like uh carbon times a thousand so when your refrigerant guy is uh you know messing around with refrigerants and he spills a gallon that's like ten thousand gallons of liquid carbon that turns into gas which is tons of carbon so it's refrigerants are they are to be treated with incredible care. And so I wanted to put that in there. And our top five materials, we talked about wood, FSC wood. FSC wood, right. I'll throw in like straw, hemp, wool. Can we kind of put those together? Sort of say natural building materials. Yeah, those hippie materials that you glossed over earlier. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) But now you're focused on, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. I'll call them hippie materials. Yeah, let's look at them again. But let's look at them again. All right. And then, of course, our old friend, dense pack cellulose. That, that's got to be up there. Yep. We mentioned CLTs. Yep. Cross-laminated timbers. Yep. And wood fiber insulation. Those, those were our top five. So we think mm-hmm. if, you can, if, you can, if you can avoid the bottom five and then start focusing on the top five, um, that, that's, that's a, a start. <clears throat> that's a great start. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And we can, we can get there. Yeah. Yep. Um, what other important things are there to talk about? We talked about the carbon smart materials palette. 
we need people to go to materialspalette.org. That's a good, it's a good little primer. Right. Well, there's the, there's this, um, you talked about concrete and then what can be oh, done. Yeah. And, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I'm, I'm buoyed by the fact that there are, there are people in the industry addressing this and working on this, mm-hmm. um, not just in concrete, but in, you know, in all facets. And, and, uh, there's a company called, um, uh, carbon cure. You can go to carboncure.com and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they will talk about their concrete that actually uh, sequesters carbon uh, in it. Usually, uh, to make to make concrete, you're you're basically you know grabbing lime and a couple other materials, and you're pulverizing it and cooking it at, at massive you know five thousand degrees. Right. That's at, you get your clinker, and that's sort of what takes right. up all the energy. Which right. Is a and then ton you pound it. Then you pound that. Basically. You're turning a rock back into its raw elements so that when you just add water, it becomes a rock again. And so that is massively energy intensive. And, uh, you know, so this is, a, this is an additive, or, and this is hard to describe. It's called, you know, a micronized, it's micronization of carbon getting carbon it's basically i can read it if it's hard to yeah, thanks <laughs> you read i'll drink so you, you basically inject um the co2 into a wet concrete mix and it reacts with the calcium ions from cement to form a nano sized which is what you're talking about yeah. calcium carbonate mineral that becomes permanently embedded in the concrete Right. So, so you, it, you're creating its own mineral by injecting this carbon into the concrete right so so the concrete absorbs as it's in its liquid form, it's absorbing that carbon dioxide that you're putting into it, and it's turning it into CaCO3. CaCO3, and it does not reduce the strength. In fact, it increases the strength. Right. Slightly. So you're just asking for a little little process to be done to your concrete and make it um, way less uh, carbon bad. Right. So go to Carbon Cure. That's a good source, and, yep. and see if they've got suppliers near you. And right. Try and get in your get building this off the ground. Yeah. And encourage others to do the same thing. Carbon Leadership Forum is another great group that's doing um, really good things to try to get the word out and yeah. to try to make a difference. So check those guys out. Right. And we'll, we'll put links to this at greenbuildingadvisor.com. Go there for when this uh, you know comes out there as well. Um, or check out also our lame Facebook page. We may look at it from time to time. At, at the very least, I'll put the uh, the cocktail. <laughs> there you go. There, so you can mix up their cocktail. That's right. The, the important things. Yeah, yeah. Because when we're all we're all dying. At least, at <laughs> least we'll die with, with a smile change. on our face. And that's right. Uh, so, I, I think that's so. To, let's summarize this thing. So, so basically, <clears throat> if there's anything to take away from this episode, it's that the uh, the embodied carbon in your building is an urgent problem. It's it's what we really need to focus on now as a as a community of architects and builders and it's on us Phil to to address this this problem head on. We have to, we have to be the ones to raise the swords and charge up the hill first. That's right. And don't dally. I mean, we're talking about you know, sheep's wool and hempcrete, but just try to build with less steel and less concrete now. Right. Keep it to the stuff you know. Go to cellulose. Try to do FSC wood That's, where you can. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. FSC. Get that in your heads. Try right. to get that to all your specs. Yep. And um, we'll get there. And I know we'll be talking about this again. 
We are. In fact, we're going to, um, yes, we can call this part one. We're going to, part two is going to be, we'll have some people to interview. Probably. Yeah. There's some great and, folks and, who were basically who were leading the charge. We're just the followers here. That's right. Um, and we need more followers. Ahead of us. There's not enough followers. So let's, let's do this. Can I tell you about the song? Please do. Does it have anything to do with sequestering carbon? It does not. <laughs> Maybe oh, it does. Okay. Okay. So yeah. this is a song by Bill. Ah. Yeah. Oh, you're... we're we're gonna come up with lots of things, ready? Okay. okay, yeah. So Bill Callahan is the artist. Okay, his his band was Smog. Smog, which what? we don't want. Oh, okay, bad, right. So yeah, Smog. Sure. So he's no longer Smog. Okay. okay, he's now he's gotten rid of the Smog. So okay. Bill Callahan gets points for that. Okay, he just he just had a really nice write up in um, New Yorker magazine, and it was really great because he has been this under the radar dude I, for years. I have and to years. say, I don't. I don't know him. Since 1990 is when Smog wow. first came out. Um, so, so is this a new song you're about to play us? Yeah, and he just came out with a new album from his album called Shepherd in the Sheepskin Vest. And the sheepskin is sheep's wool. You sheep's know, wool? It's kind of like that. Right? Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he's always kind of dark and brooding and really mellow, this deep, rich, wonderful voice, very oh, kind gotcha. of Leonard Cohen-esque. But he kind of got married and had a kid and got happy. So <laughs> As you do. Yeah, but uh, despite the... <clears throat> Despite that, his music doesn't suddenly suck. It's actually oh, it's right. actually still really good. He's a okay. wonderful songwriter. And this album and this song is called 747 off the new album. Okay. Um, so he's gonna need some carbon offsets for that. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Then then thank you, Phil. Thanks, Chris. All right. And so uh, be sure to check out our uh, eventual blog post on greenbuildingadvisor.com. And uh, as always, our views and drinking habits do not necessarily reflect those of the green building advisor uh thank you tanner and the portland pod and thank you phil and and cheers thanks to you guys who are fighting the battle with us cheers guys enjoy the summer bittersweetened with suggestion this is the light bulb and boulders baby crawling toward adulteration This must be the light you saw That just left you screaming And this must be the light you saw Before our eyes could disguise true meaning And this must be the light you saw Just as you were leaving Mm-hmm.
darkness into 